Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Service Industry. I'm one of your favorite co-hosts, Miss B, here with your normal host, Bill. Hey guys. And our favorite resident deviant and co-host, Liz. Hi team. And guys, do we have a special treat for you today? We have an amazing guest, guest chef. Hello friends. <laughs> I'm going to jump in just to kind of explain why we referred <laughs> to her as just chef. In our industry, in the hotel business, there's a couple of departments that you kind of become known by that position rather than a name. So with your executive chefs, it always just kind of defaults to chef. Yeah, Very true. With engineering, you have a chief engineer that heads the department. They just become chief. It's very true. You know, and we were kind of joking about it earlier, but I've known chiefs that I know their name. Nobody calls them by that. Yep. And chef, you were saying the very same thing. The the property that you're at now, people don't know your name. Yeah. It's nice that they don't know my name. They cannot find me. And um, (laughs) I am just chef. And it brings, you know, a, a sense of status in the yeah. hotel. So, one well, a sense of respect, too. Yeah. So you walk down the hallway, like, oh, that's chef. Oh, oh that's chef. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's a position earned through not just time, but skill. Yeah. You know, it's like there are people in, in the hotel business that are in positions that they probably shouldn't be in, but they've done their time and they've gotten a promotion. I feel with- attacked. present company not included Uh, in that statement but i mean with with culinary you have to have skills you know so when you earn that title you you've earned that title it's a badge of honor well okay so i do have to ask i know that you have worked in the hospitality industry for a while can you kind of walk us a little bit through your resume without mentioning any names all that but just a brief description of kind of what you've done and where you've been sure so um from the beginning, I was actually a general manager of a banquet center. Nice. And uh, from there, really wanted to get back into um, back of house operations. So I've done everything from front of house and wanted to go into back of house. And so from going to culinary school, becoming a line cook, moving through all of the stations like the broiler, baking, pastry, and garmage and banquets. Wait, wait, wait. Can you define that for me? What's a garmage? So garmage is working in the cold section of the chef world, like making all the beautiful little fruit displays and, you know, like, you know, the little ducks and like turtles out of a watermelon. It takes years and it's really fun, but it's a lot of work. So I did that for a while and then became a, um, a chef de cuisine, sous chef, and then executive chef. That's so awesome. Uh, from there, owned two restaurants and then became an executive chef for a big box hotel. Gotcha. Nice. And then did task force as an executive chef for a couple of hotels in Los Angeles and then currently executive chef of a hotel in, in LA area. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Holy moly, I'm overwhelmed. No, you've got loads <laughs> of experience under your belt. Is it a weird thing to ask a chef what's your favorite thing to cook? No, because I get asked that almost every day of my life. Really? See, I it's feel an, that. It's not weird. No. But then sometimes you don't really want to sit there and explain to people who don't understand. So they're like, oh, I really just like cooking braised short ribs, you know, just something. Yeah. You know? And then they'll ask you, how do you do that? Oh, yeah. Shoot. And you're like, do you know? Now I have to go into my whole cooking process. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you have an hour and a half? Like, 
I love it. So is that your favorite? No, it's actually not my favorite. My favorite thing to do is uh, making fresh pastas. Oh. You don't, oh, I bet that's, that's hard too. I did, I've done several classes and <laughs> I was not the best student. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. It's really, it's just like, you know, rolling out dough all day and just boiling it. And it's just therapeutic for me. That's awesome. But that would be your favorite thing to prepare. Yeah. Making okay. fresh pastas and sauces. Do you like to cook at home or like after work? Are you just like, I'm done. I don't want to look at a kitchen. No, because, <laughs> you know, the executive chef life is not. You're not on the line 100% of the time. Oh, no, absolutely. The current place I'm at, I'm never on the line. Yeah. Oh. It's, all, it's, you know, it's admin, admin work, but oh. it's a lot of just coaching and mentoring folks. Uh, like, well, like on how to make the food. Menu development. I mean, that's a huge yeah. component that's, of being a chef. That's something I'm doing constantly all day. Oh. But, uh, but with that being said, I usually have one of my cooks make me dinner before I leave. Oh. When I arrive, there's somebody who makes me breakfast and lunch. Because I'll just say, hey, um, I need to test your skills today. So can you please make me a steak? And Love then I'll it. eat that for dinner. It's, it's, it's <laughs> called auditing. Yes. yes. Pop quiz. Make me this. <laughs> I do it all the time, especially when I'm hungry. Oh, that's but amazing. Do you, do, you, do you ever go like Gordon Ramsay on people? No, I'm not that type of person. And I've never <laughs> been. And I feel that that has made me very successful in the kitchen. How I, yeah. how I um, People want to hire you. Because you're not a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone's super sensitive these days. <laughs> oh my God, it's so true. Well, like delivering criticism is a difficult skill. It takes practice. In a constructive way. Constructive criticism yeah, yeah, is yeah. difficult. Yes. That Very people true. take and don't just walk out of a kitchen and quit or no. a front desk. Going full Ramsey on people is easy. Yeah. Yeah, I've been caught doing that a couple times. You know, when <laughs> sometimes you work at some of these hotel management groups, going mm-hmm. Ramsey's just, it's not going to happen because you have a lot of staff members who will just run to HR. It just becomes a bigger nightmare. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not. Gordon Ramsay must never have had HR. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's a different ethos, though. Yes, hotel restaurants and individual restaurants are food and beverage, but they operate very differently as far as like that code of conduct and nurturing and developing, rather than going full Ramsay on people. Especially yeah. if that restaurant is privately owned oh, maybe and they run by yeah. the owner. Who knows what happens in those places? I've overheard horrific conversations in those kind of restaurants. Dang. That's not something you hear in hotel no. restaurants so, no. or hotel kitchens. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know, I used to be an owner and an executive chef at the same time. I used to have customers coming in. It was a really small restaurant that I owned. It only sat about 50 seats. And my menu only had 10 items every season. Wow. Everything was made from scratch. And I took every item very personal. So when I had somebody coming in and they would criticize something about my restaurant, I was like, you know what? You don't like good food. Get out of here. Like, I don't (laughs) think this is the place for you. Yes. (laughs) I had people coming in asking for a well-done steak and I would refuse to make (laughs) it. Sorry, we we don't offer that here. I can't. Yeah. I would say I'm so sorry, but it's served medium rare or rare. That's it. If you don't want to, yes. if you don't want to eat it, then oh my god, please order chicken, something <laughs> yes. else. <laughs> but then when I went to go work at hotel restaurant, you, you change know, your whole mindset. It did. It was kind of one of those things where you had to cook for the guest and whatever they wanted, and yeah. you literally had to bend over like the customer's always right kind of thing 
just serve them what they want. Mm. Yeah. I had a customer who he will tip the servers really well, but all he wanted was an overcooked piece of chicken with ranch drizzled all over it. <laughs> like five days a week. That's wild. Like seasoned chicken? Was there any like herb seasoning? No, just salt and pepper on the chicken, oh, good, cooked good. so it's dry, and then he sauced it with ranch. That is so weird. Grilled? Yeah, grilled chicken. No, raw. Liz, raw. <laughs> Boiled, that's an option. Chicken tartare, Roasted, it's all the rage. That's an option, okay? That's funny. Chef, what are your feelings on raw meats, like steak tartare? I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's it, Okay, so 90% of the places I've gone to does not do it right. Ooh. What do they do wrong? Tell us. You know, traditionally, you're supposed to use a quail egg. Yes. Quail yolk. Yes. And like the very top of it. Yeah. yeah On yeah. top of raw beef. Yeah. Yes. Why? Like finely chopped beef. And then so you go into, you know, I hate to say it, but you go into certain areas like where people won't eat a raw quail egg yolk. So they have to adjust the menu to a slightly cooked yolk that's chicken. And it's just not the same. Ideally, I just don't want to eat minced up raw beef. You know, what's funny about that. I've only had beef tartare once and I just tried it because the thought of it like made me like, ah, and you're the one who made it for me. (laughs) And I remember I actually liked it, but it still scared me. So I didn't eat it again. But raw chicken is a straight no. For safety reasons. (laughs) I've had cooks that served raw chicken before. (laughs) (laughs) According to our, what, California food handlers card, chicken needs to be cooked to a certain temperature. Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, so do all your chefs like actually take temperatures of food? Or sorry, cooks? Yeah, cooks, chefs. Cooks, yes. cooks sushi. chefs. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, so the ones who really care about food safety and their job, they do. <laughs> <laughs> their job. I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm not going to. I've never spent much time in a kitchen. So I don't know if they're actually like temperature checking each food, if that's like a thing. Or they just know how long to cook it. They should know how long to cook it. Plus touching the chicken, making sure it has like that certain type of bounce. But when you're cooking for a lot of people, you want to check the temperature. Yeah. And I've had cooks who've been there for, geez, like over 30 years. And they think they know what they're doing, but they never check the temperature of the chicken. And that's when they overcook the chicken and somebody has to pour ranch all over it. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're into that sort of thing. Well, also, I'm sure like in the back of a kitchen, there are a lot of factors that you need to take into account when like temperature checking food. What burner am I using? What oven am I using? Like not all of our equipment is perfect. Let's be real. And cooks things differently. Like what was the temperature of that piece of meat before I put it on the grill as well? Like I feel like are those all factors? Well, if you are eating from a safe place. No. (laughs) (laughs) Any kind of raw meat should never be above 40 degrees before you put it onto a cooking Mm. you know a a stove or a grill or anything like that unless you're taking a piece of meat like a raw piece of beef and you're letting it get to room temperature within two hours and then you cook it yeah Um, interesting but for the most part this um, is like crash course on food handlers yeah (laughs) right I've taken the course a couple times. Have you, Bill? I have. Mm-hmm. I haven't. <laughs> Just kidding. You have to. For your own sanity, you'll be like, what the? <laughs> yeah. Huh. This is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. As a chef, are you like super against microwaves? Yes. I mm. thought so. I think Pete, they have like a weird thing, right? Do you guys have a weird thing against microwaves? I mean, I'll microwave food for my kid, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not for but, the restaurant. I mean, microwaves are temperamental. And when they yeah. introduced this thing called a, uh, 
a turbo chef. It's pretty much an oven and a microwave put together. Oh. I was so against that too. Really? But I just, just cheating. Okay. It's not real cooking. It's not. It's not real cooking. And there's it's just not necessary to put like something in a microwave to heat it up. Okay. It's not like the molecules are I don't even know how a microwave works, sorry. But there's some <laughs> quite literally vibration. Okay. So yeah. okay. When you're trying to eat healthy, say steamed broccoli, okay. you're, when you're actually steaming broccoli, you'll get those nutrients from the broccoli. But when you take broccoli that's already steamed and you stick it in the microwave, you're getting nothing out of it. What? I'm eating broccoli for no reason? Do Pretty you, much. Do you buy those <gasps> steamer bags yes. that you put in the microwave? I will honestly buy a big bag of frozen uh frozen broccoli i'll take some out put it in a bowl put some water in put a towel over and then microwave it see the more process your food goes through like especially heating process Uh like say you take some broccoli that has been or some asparagus that's been grilled on the oven and then you're not eating it you put it away it's leftovers you eat it the next day you're gonna get the most nutrients if you ate that grilled asparagus cold but once you throw it in the microwave you're just breaking down the nutrients interesting Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's a completely bad thing because people still gotta eat but it's just the best way to eat food is when you're taking it from its natural like source first and eat it that day yeah the best way to eat your veggies is buying them fresh they just go bad so fast that's why you buy loose buy the loose stuff you buy what you need and that's it i mean how often do you buy like and i've done this millions of times i'll buy a little whatever they call it, a little crate whatever it is of mushrooms i'll use like a third of it i'll put the rest in the fridge and then it it just goes bad yeah so now i mean and it's cheaper usually when you buy bulk and you buy like four mushrooms it's going to be like 50 cents versus three bucks for the whole thing that half of it's going to go bad. That's why I started back my UPS man bringing my dinners in a little refrigerated box because it's, I don't need a whole (laughs) bunch of green onion. I might need like two little things of it and I'm not wasting any food. My mother is going to love that part of the episode. Sorry, mom. (laughs) What can Brown do for you today? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't afford for someone to hand pick my meals. Give me a menu card and tell me how to make it. That's Um. what discount codes are for. Okay. I have a system. Oh, well, that's good. Okay. We'll have to get that from you. But to segue, Bill, do you have any questions for chef? I do, but they're not food related. That is, I I have so many food questions. No, I I think we can pivot a little bit. Okay. All right. So, you know, a lot of the questions or a lot of the stories that we share are like the exception, not the rule. So, you know, we've, we, we joke about the a-hole of the week or Ms. B's B of the week. So a lot of the conversations are kind of the more extreme things. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's where the fun is, right? True that. So that's where my questions for you lie. Questions like, what is the craziest, most outlandish demand or interaction you've had with a guest? You kind of touched on that when you were sharing a story about your restaurant. Um, but th- those are the kind of stories that I love, <laughs> selfishly. And those were, that's where I would go over okay. questions. I, I like it. <laughs> one time I had a, a guest send in a room service order. So I, I had one of the cooks read the ticket. And it says, extra mayonnaise, so much mayonnaise that will make you sick. Oh, my God. On the ticket? <laughs> yeah. Like so some, this, someone had to type that in. <laughs> well, someone ordered it that way through the room service yeah. operator. And that room service operator had to type that out and put it <laughs> into the... <laughs> 
And I don't think they were making that up. The guests probably told them, like, no, I want so much mayonnaise, it would make someone sick. That's yes. amazing. So Cook reads it and goes, Chef, I need your help. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I come and I take a look at the ticket. I was like, oh, man. Okay, let's find out what room number it is. Let me talk to them personally so I could provide the best service for the guests. Like, do they just want extra mayonnaise in a bowl or what, you know, or they want it Mayonnaise in a bowl. Fair question. Right? Fair question. And when it's that massive amount of mayonnaise, you have to upcharge them. Because usually you're using about a tablespoon of mayonnaise. And I, I don't know that, how that's much being man- generous, right? <laughs> and I don't know how much mayonnaise they wanted to make the normal person sick because after two tablespoons of mayonnaise, I start getting really sick. What food was this on? Yeah, what was the dish? A turkey club sandwich. Oh, yeah, okay. just a sandwich. Okay, just a sandwich. They wanted the mayonnaise like dripping onto the plate, out like coming out of the side. That's why I had to. <laughs> so you called the guest, probe a little bit, and ask the guest what's going on here, right? Okay. So I finally get hold of the guest, and it's like, hey, Mister um, Smith. Mr. Smith, <laughs> so how much mayonnaise do you want on this sandwich? Because the communication is kind of broken down here. Like, you just want like an extra side of mayonnaise or would you like a cup of mayonnaise? And he says, listen, I spoke to the operator and I said enough mayonnaise to make you sick. I was like, OK, so two tablespoons of mayonnaise makes me sick. How much mayonnaise makes you sick? It's very subjective. Yeah, yeah. right. Totally. And so he says, OK, so take two tablespoons of mayonnaise. You have five layers of ingredients in the sandwich. I want two tablespoons in, of mayonnaise in between in each, each layer, in each layer. Gross. So like to put it in perspective, turkey club, bread, mayonnaise. Turkey, mayonnaise, mayonnaise, lettuce, mayonnaise, cheese, oh my God. mayonnaise. Oh, there's bacon on the club. Bacon, bacon mayonnaise, mayonnaise tomato, mayonnaise. Yes. So was he trying to commit suicide or? <laughs> slowly. <laughs> very, very yeah. slowly. He, wouldn't all that just do it right then? He wanted Heart an ambulance stops. ride. Okay. <laughs> so I do what he asked. I made him, um, you know, two tablespoons of mayonnaise on each layer of sandwich have it delivered to his room and then he calls down and he's like you know what i need more mayonnaise <gasps> he so, needs to dip his sandwich in more mayonnaise oh! so i gave him a, a side of like two cups of mayonnaise on two the side cups, to dip <laughs> i'm sorry using your best judgment how much mayonnaise do you think was on his original sandwich at least like, like a half a cup yeah, about a half a cup. <laughs> oh, I have good math in my head. So okay, so he already has a half a cup of mayonnaise on his sandwich. He wants an you give him an additional two <laughs> cups. Yes, two cups of mayonnaise for him to dip his sandwich into. Oh my god! I'm so, sorry, that's like a half a jar of a normal jar of mayonnaise that we would buy. <laughs> True. Right, and this just in from our research department. Uh, <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Apparently, a tablespoon of mayonnaise is between ninety and a hundred calories. Whoa. All right, so then what do this guest want? I'm just dying. So gave him two more <laughs> cups of mayonnaise on the side for dipping, and it didn't hear from him for the rest of the evening. His heart gave out. <laughs> <laughs> from what? What? How many thousands of calories are we at now? I, I don't know. Math department? There is no math department here. <laughs> Let me phone the research department. So then a week later, I get this uh, review... <laughs> It better be a good reveal. Oh, my God. So he gave me a a two, which is not good for food quality. Well, yeah, he had too much mayonnaise. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm dying. My stay was really great, but there was not enough mayonnaise in my sandwich. Stop (laughs) it. Stop. And it just... I went by the exact formula, which you asked. 
That is I insane. just couldn't believe this. And this was literally the second week I had just worked at this hotel. And my manager is like all about, you know, survey review, pulls yeah, me yeah. into the office. Like you can't short the gas. I'm like, listen, I told her the story about the mayonnaise and she still didn't believe me. She's like, you short the ticket. <laughs> See, yeah, I would have like, taken a picture of that. No, I would have framed that. Yeah, that would have been funny. Like your rave sheet artwork. I would have yeah. totally framed that, that receipt. <laughs> like a picture of the sandwich as well. With like yeah. the mayonnaise like oh. dripping out each layer. Oh, gross. God, you know what? Based on some of our stories, I w- could he have been using the mayonnaise for other things? Oh, maybe. Okay. All right. You never I'm know. just saying. We're getting graphic here. Yeah. It's too but, early in the night for that. <laughs> so... um that's a uh, Mr. Manny's. And <laughs> so every time I make a sandwich, you think of him, I think of that story. <laughs> and I just think about this guy and his mayonnaise. And he just really loved mayonnaise. Every so. time That's you funny. skimp someone on mayonnaise, you're like, I'm saving your arteries in your heart. You're welcome. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, do you have another horror story for us? Yes, I do. So this uh, same hotel, it's 5.45 a.m. Nice and early. Yeah, I usually get to work around 5 a.m. in the morning. Okay. 5.45 a.m., get a room service call, another room service. So a lot of shady (laughs) stuff happens in room service, right? Oh, I love it. For a can of whipped cream, champagne, the cheapest bottle that you could find. (laughs) The Grand Crew. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny on a level that you don't know yet. Yeah. Whole strawberries. Of course. It sounds kind of romantic. Don't tell me like chocolate syrup too. <laughs> Hershey's chocolate oh, syrup. All right. Knew it. What else are we missing? Anything um, else? Yeah, monostat for the resulting <laughs> yeast infection. And 10 extra towels. Oh. oh. <laughs> Those stains are not going to come out, Bill. Did it happen to be? <laughs> did it happen to be February fourteenth? No, it wasn't. Huh. It was a weekend, so okay. I thought okay. five in the morning, five forty-five in the morning. Because I remember, because we didn't open till six a.m. But <laughs> with the room service, you could call half an hour earlier to pre-place your order. To pre-place your they order, they wanted mm-hmm. to be like high up in the queue. So <laughs> our room service attendant goes, Chef. Um, I need you to look at this order. Can I bring up a whole can of whipped cream? Like, why would they want a whole can of whipped cream? I don't even have a button for that in micros. <laughs> I mean, what do you, other, what the, do? You do? This a quantity, ticket. quantity, quantity of 10 on a side of whipped cream? Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's an open ticket, $20. I'm just so I read the whole entire ticket. And you're like, ooh, this, ooh. this is not good. <laughs> Wait, so, and, and I'm sorry, this level of spicy is at 5.45 a.m., right? Yes. yes. Okay. They wanted their wake-up call, okay? Woo! So Somebody, then, somebody's going to be up early. <laughs> <laughs> so I read this ticket and I said, hey, this doesn't seem right. So it's 5.45 a.m. I'm not really thinking clearly. I decided to tell the sous chef, hey, um, chef, you need to go with the room service attendant because she's a female and I just don't want something weird to happen. And oh deliver this order. Deliver this. And he gets mad at me. He's like, this is not my job. I'm like, please. Like, oh my God. Just, you know. I hate when they pull that card. So they go upstairs and they deliver the items. The lady who opens the door is like half naked. Makes sense. And she won't open the door all the way. She's just kind of, okay, just leave everything outside. But yeah, because you need to like push the cart like into the room. Correct. 
So then the room service attendant goes, hey, I really need you to sign this check. So she (laughs) has her hand over her her, her 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 breast and then she has her bits. you know her breast and then and the sous chef got a free show oh oh because she had to move her hand yes (laughs) so they both come downstairs giggling and report back to me because on that weekend i was the mod of course you know double dipping chef (laughs) (laughs) they report to me about hey you know we saw um, booby you know, there was a naked woman trying to get whipped cream and it smelled like <laughs> cigarettes and there is a dog in the room. There wasn't, oh you know, you know, she didn't pay for the pet fee and cigarette smoke. So I use my best judgment and, and I call the assistant general manager who wasn't very bright himself. He and the chief of the hotel, the director of uh, engineering decide, right. hey, we're going to go upstairs and check this out. <laughs> they wanted oh a piece God. of the show. And then I said, listen, guys. She's busy. Uh, <laughs> with that you can might be, of whipped cream. I you might be interrupting something. I said, hey, it needs to be, I'll go up there because I'm a female and one of you guys go with me. Because if two guys go up there, it's no. going to look like you're trying to do something to her. So then. And we're um, going to put our ears to the door just before oh we knock God. to make sure nothing yeah. bad is happening. So then I got to the room. Her friend had left and she lets me in. There's just like garbage everywhere. You oh. tell she was, um, you know, doing something a little weird. Conducting a side business. Who knows, right? Hey, it's the service industry. Yeah. Yes. But. At the end of it, there was this little chihuahua Mm. that was just frightened under the bed. And I felt so bad. I snatched that chihuahua and called animal services. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Good for you. And that was the end of the story. Um, But, you know... You never know what you would encounter on just a food order. You know, you have Mr. Mayonnaise. You have whipped cream can. um, (laughs) Whipped cream can. cans (laughs) (laughs) but um but was this woman evicted from the hotel oh yeah she was evicted from the hotel but you know i i think that dog went to like a good place um like maybe is it dead no 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 (laughs) it it got adopted a good place of adoption oh yeah okay (laughs) a better home so i don't know what she was doing with the little dog in the room at all well that's okay i looked over at bill because when you were saying you know all these things and then this whipped cream and then there's nobody else in the room that's kind of freaking me out I hope the dog did not play a part in all you know, that. Me too. I was, I was thinking that. I just didn't want to say I mean, it out loud. Hey, I said it. We we don't we don't kink shame. True okay, that. no, I'm sorry. I can shame that kink if that is your kink. <laughs> Dogs, no. That, go, well, that goes far beyond my. There's a foot out there for everybody statement. So there's, there's a, a foot out there. out there for the majority of people. Okay, 99.999 percent don't involve dogs. That's just gross. <laughs> you know. Well, the thing is. It is. I saw the dog and I knew there was something wrong. And I was like, I need to take this dog and I need to save it. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, man. I imagine the dog just like running out the door, like in your arms, like, thank you, I'm free. With whipped shaking, cream all over. Shaking the entire time. <laughs> that's a chihuahua for you. Mm-hmm. Nervous oh, little animals. Yeah, oh, that's so, crazy. That's a good story. Mr. Mayonnaise and Mrs. Whipped Cream Cans. Cans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, you got another question for us? I don't know if I should. Are you ready for another question? I don't know if I should. Oh, you should. It's an employee question. And in my time in operations, I have seen people do some egregiously stupid things. (laughs) Like I've seen 
caustic chemicals that people have dispensed right into their own hands. I, I caught a uh, kitchen steward that was mixing bleach and liquid detergent together because that was his good idea to scrub food and beverage racks like the... Eek. The oh, sheet yes. tray racks. Yes, okay. You typically want to mix bleach with water and that is it. So mixing it together into this mystery concoction is oh always interesting. I've caught room attendants mixing rooms chemicals into the same bottle. You know, so it's not yellow. <laughs> it's not yellow, green, blue, and pink. It's this weird it's brownish color or this strange <laughs> purple. Or yeah, I mean, just kind of make up whatever. So I've seen egregious things on our side. I got to ask, what is the worst thing that you've ever seen an employee do in a kitchen? Oh, I'm so intrigued. <laughs> like something you do. saw and you have to question yourself, like, how did you get this job? Did I hire you? <laughs> yeah. Why are you still here? <laughs> I'm lucky because what I've seen is just very minor stuff. But uh, in the hotels that I've been in, I've always been the manager. If I see it, then it gets corrected right away. Yeah. But I have seen servers before making cocktails and then mixing it with their finger. Oh, I think. And then tasting the cocktail with their finger and then re-dip the finger back in Mm -hmm. there and mixing it. Grody. Sanitary things when it comes to bartending or just serving drinks. That could be an iced tea or a Coke. It is disgusting. Like when they they take, this is also dangerous, when they take like a pint glass, like straight into the ice well. That, okay, stop calling me out. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's really dangerous. I didn't know. If you're in your own home, sure, do do whatever you want. But like, if you were in a restaurant and you were doing that, I think that is so disgusting. I use the scooper. You know what gets me is when the servers, bartenders, whatever, will grab a glass by the rim. And you have to drink from that rim. Here you go. Yeah. Like, my mouth is going to be on that. Grosses me out. Yeah, I wish I had a little bit more juicy stories in regards to that, but I just don't. I um, think that's a good thing. It is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I picked some right places to work, I guess. <clears throat> but over the years, I've seen front of house a lot more disgusting than back of house. Okay, mm. that's good. Okay, I do have a question. I mean, a lot of times you see these horror stories of these Karens going to a restaurant and being like, oh, my steak isn't good enough or my steak is overcooked do you ever just pull that plate to the back and like done some like magic to it and like sent it back to the table versus like making a full new plate and by magic i think she means not do anything put it back (laughs) and they like it not actually yeah yeah that's what i mean (laughs) i've had steaks sent back quite a few times working in the hotel industry and uh you know we'll have multiple attempts from different cooks and it's never the right temperature and so we actually just took the steak and put it through the cafeteria microwave (laughs) brought it to the guests they probably loved loved it it. and she's like this is the best steak i ever had it's better than you know a high-end restaurant yes a high-end steak restaurant across the street and so you are so welcome enjoy yeah and you know that's gonna cost 56 (laughs) dollars wild for the microwave for the microwave steak and i didn't microwave the steak you know what? You we just had, witnessed it. We had a sous chef who would just do anything just to get the job done. Fair enough. And um, he's like, oh, I dealt with these type of people before. They just they want, want a microwave, microwave steak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, those are pretty good groups that we got. That's so funny. <laughs> I think it's more of a danger when you don't order correctly. Like a, a lot of times, be like, oh, I'll have it medium, but they really want it well. 
They're like, oh, can you do it a little bit more? Can you cook it a little bit more? Oh, can you just throw it on a l- another little minute? You're like, okay, can you just learn how you like your steak See, and unless order it's it raw, correctly? I'll just eat it. Well, the thing is, they ask like, hey, can you cook it more, but don't have char on the outside? And like, how do how do you want your well done steak? How do you think mm-hmm. we're gonna cook it? A microwave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so on that note, I'm sure, you know, being a chef, you've gotten dine with family, friends. Is there anything like you're looking for and you see at a restaurant that if they do, you cannot stand it? I guess what's your pet peeve going out and eating? I'm really selective where I go. <laughs> Good for you. You know, because I just don't trust people. I've, I lost a lot of trust in, in restaurants. Um, I can take a guess. You don't go to very many like chain restaurants. I don't. I observe what's going on front of house first. Okay. And that relays a lot to what's going on in back of house. Mm. Okay. So if I get a iced tea and my lemon is not a fresh cut lemon, it's been sitting there for a couple hours or even a day, you could just take a smell and look at it. Miss B is a big iced tea drinker, so she probably needs these notes. I do. (laughs) And if they squeeze it with their bare hands, I I just, I can't. I'm out. You know? I thought I remembered dining with you once and oh yeah see that's what i was thinking so we were in texas yeah right you were in another state Uh yeah okay traveling for work yep okay and we you know had a little bit too much tito's (laughs) they ordered a steak and they tried to pull a fast one on us it was supposed to be like a, a skirt steak, but it ended up being a flat iron steak. Wait, they served you a different cut of meat? Yes. And it wasn't cheap. <sighs> I didn't, it was expensive. I didn't notice she did. So she's just eating away. And I'm like, And you're no. like, no, this is not what I ordered. This is not what I'm paying for. The chef didn't even come out. The server's like, no, chef says this is the right cut of meat. And then I didn't want to be that person. Well, I'm a chef too. <laughs> it's like, hey, listen, this is not skirt steak. You know, this is not what you advertised. I don't even want to eat it. Just take it back. And then, so then I just looked like the, you know. You look like the jerk. I know. But she knew how to identify that it wasn't that kind of steak. I'm just like, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> so the chef never came out. No, they didn't because they knew. That's embarrassing. That they were wrong. And he's just staring at me from behind the line because it's an open kitchen. You can see him. And then I'm like, okay, we got to get out of here because <laughs> they're going to spit in our food. But I'm sorry, right? if you're out of the skirt steak, just 86 the steak. Yeah. But it, I remember too, it was something about like the way it was cut and against the grain, with the grain, something. And you explained to me exactly. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah, so you're steak. supposed to cut steak against the grain and it was with the grain. Ooh. And so just, you know, they took this piece of meat that this animal died for and uh, this... Just, Murdered it more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Butchered it more. They just, yes. you know, they just Killed didn't put any care into it. No. Oh so I'd rather go to a place that's going to take care of the product. Yeah. 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 You know? Respect it. Yeah. Yep. You have expectations. If I go into McDonald's, I ha- I know my expectations about going to McDonald's. I know that I'm going to get a burger that's going to taste the same at, at every McDonald's, you know? Okay, you know, yeah. filet of fish and you'll probably have a stomachache after. Yeah. But... I mean, you know the expectations. So right. going into this restaurant that had this really beautiful facade, it was in this really hip area of like... It had good reviews too. Yeah. We well, we've, we've spoken <laughs> this podcast before. All reviews might not be true. Yeah. 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 yeah like Hashtag cancel reviews. Yelp. <laughs> but that's just... Yeah. That's very disheartening for like that chef to hypothetically put a lot of care and effort into curating a menu and then you're just going to serve that dish with another cut of meat and just serve it like it's no problem and cut it wrong yeah and try and hide it 
own up to your mistake and you know what he probably wasn't the executive chef or the person who put the menu together we were there you know we were there pretty late at night yeah (laughs) and you know i've had cooks before serve the wrong kind of steak before too Mm -hmm. and they're like no no, that's the ribeye like no that's actually new york but they don't know so it really boils down to like having the cooks know they're they need to get educated you know what i think happened They judge you. These girls are drinking Tito's. They're having a good time. We can serve them whatever. They won't notice. Mm -hmm. Probably. Little do they know. Miss Beal ain't anything, but chef chef knows. (laughs) So, yeah. So it is hard to go out to restaurants and be really confident in what I'm eating. Yeah, you must feel like you're kind of working when you're eating at a restaurant. Yeah, and I hate going out to restaurants with friends. They go, what do you think of this? What should I order? Yeah. Ooh, would you put that with this? Or I'll mm. go with my boss to eat dinner. Oh, you should put this on your menu. Ooh, I like oh, this. Oh, God. I like, oh, this, my I like God. this presentation. Take a picture of it. Do you know what's funny? It's the same with me in hotels. And whenever someone in the sales department goes to another hotel and the front desk or hotel does anything, they bring me back pictures and says, we need to do this with our front desk. And I'm like, just because it works there doesn't mean it's going to work here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And in the same thing to you. When I go to other hotels, I do have a harder time enjoying myself and relaxing because I constantly feel like I'm auditing that other hotel. I, it's no fun. No. It's no fun after you work in hotels. Well, yes. Miss B, how many years experience do you have with front office? I want to say 12 to 15, but I'd have to do math on how old I am. No, I've literally never worked at a hotel, really, and never worked front desk or front office. I do the same damn thing, and I don't even have experience. It's hard, because <laughs> I've had to explain this to my husband. You can't turn it off. Like, even when I go into the actual room and there's no people around to judge, I'm now looking at the beds. I'm pulling back the sheets. I'm looking for hairs. Are you inspecting the room? Uh-huh. And I look under the sheet for BBs. I can't turn it off. My husband's like, stop. You're not working. Bill, do you You're do- not auditing this room. Do you do this? Yes and no. So like for myself- You can when, turn it off? When I've traveled, if it's me, myself, I don't really care. I try not to look. I don't think about it. If I'm with mm. someone- and a comment is made about, oh, have you noticed? Then it clicks in the work brain, and then I can't stop. Mm. And that gets really frustrating. I agree with you. If I'm by myself, I care about the interactions more mm-hmm. than the level of the building. How, like, if there's a scuff on the cabinet, oh, I don't see, I really don't care. care about that stuff. I'm looking for hairs and BBs. That's like my yeah. brain. Like, I can't turn it but off. But if someone had a great interaction with me, you know, valet, bell, mm-hmm. front desk, bartender, server, that is so much more meaningful than the actual property itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you have a bad interaction because this just happened recently. I was at a hotel we had a negative interaction at the bar and my work brain immediately I'm like I should be emailing blah 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 blah. Just, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh like this is not how you conduct service yes, this is there yes, where's yes. your name tag like I'm just <laughs> and Miss B literally asked that at this hotel where is your name tag what is your name <laughs> I really might have I'd be like huh you seem to be missing a name tag what's your name like what Why are you out of uniform? I think we conducted at the end of the evening. They were task force. Something to that effect. And they didn't really give a shite. They weren't like normal task force. It was like a security company or whatever. Like, but yeah, they were were mean. Yeah. I can't turn it off. I can't either. So when I I travel a lot for work and the first thing I do is after I get my uh, keys to get into my room, 
I take my luggage and I go straight to the bathtub and just stick my luggage inside the bathtub. And then I walk to my bed and I lift all the sheets up and I check for BBs. Yeah. See, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. If I don't see anything suspicious. Oh, because then- you're protecting your luggage and like your clothes. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Hard click, case. Click. <laughs> no fabric luggage ever. Okay. And then if it's to my like standard standard, <laughs> then I will bring my clothes, my luggage out. And everyone that I've traveled with, they think I'm just crazy. But <laughs> no if you wouldn't. ever had BBs in a room, if you ever experienced yeah. BBs in a room, it is the scariest thing on earth. I, I I'm sorry, or it's like horrible. any bug, you know, like I know BBs like are horrible, but I think that's a good habit of putting your luggage straight in the bathtub and like protecting it, protecting yourself. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of hotel you've worked at, the nicest of the nicest hotels. There's no like automatic way to disinfect everyone's luggage. People come from around the world and they bring them. So it doesn't matter how nice you are, how expensive your room rates are, BBs do come. There's no hotel that has not had them. And when you've had to deal with them, there are some stubborn infestations that keep popping up no matter how many treatments. You just get like PTSD. I'm sorry for the listeners. I know we've talked about bed bugs, but we are obviously talking about bed bugs right now when we were talking about BBs. (laughs) I don't think we gave the explicit definition of BBs tonight. probably, Probably not that clear, no. Um, We're not allowed to say the word. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. For us, it's like screaming don't say it the F word in church. Yeah. yeah you just, what's your what's your code name? It's like bomb BBs. in an airport. You don't say yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Don't you guys have code names in hotels for it? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a hotel specific. By my apologies. It is true. Different hotels will call it different things. But yeah, you don't say that word. So you have different nicknames for them. You have no idea who's listening. You never know. I, I recently actually heard this term in my current workplace. Um, when giving criticism to a lifeguard. This is a very like random story. He was seen hanging out in the hot tub, like on the pool. On deck. shift? Y- yeah. Okay. Well you gotta you gotta stay warm. You gotta stay limber, right? Apparently he was cold. We've been having gloomy days. He was just in it. Oh, like hands on the side. No. Just straight <laughs> chilling. So it wasn't like a uh, oh like, you know. You know he should what? have had a beer next to him or a freaking daiquiri. Like, so, he was that relaxed. Oh my it wasn't God. like he could play it off like, oh, well, you know, a towel fell in. I had to retrieve it kind of a thing. Oh, no. It was just no. kicking it. I think he was he was kicking it for like 10, 15 minutes. No way. You know, another manager graciously came up to me and they were like, this went around. You were off. I want to make sure you know certain lifeguard was seen in the hot tub by X number of managers, including the general manager. No. I want to just make sure like, you know, and like you can address it accordingly. So in my property, the pool deck is overlooked by the restaurant patio. So if you're on the patio, you can see the entire pool deck, the bay, the hot tub, like all of our outside facilities very easily. And he said, does a lifeguard know like he's literally in a fishbowl? Yeah. (laughs) I've never thought of that. He literally is. So when I gave the criticism and coached the lifeguard on it, like, bro, you're in a fishbowl. There might not be anyone on the pool deck like you can see. But look at that restaurant right up there. That's like all the land that you own. Yeah, people can see you, bro. And I'm sure hotel rooms and, you know. You name it. GTFO of the hot tub. Did he get fired? Or she? I don't know. They're contracted. I don't technically hire them, but they have been contracted for numerous years, so we've grown a working relationship together. Wow. Yeah. It's like, well, it was cold. There was no one on the pool deck. I "I don't care. I was cold. Go for a lap. (laughs) 
of running not swimming running (laughs) (laughs) grab a sweatshirt that too why are you like shirtless and just your board shorts and your little lifeguard buoy you might like think you're freaking cool being a lifeguard and hanging out shirtless at this nice facility put a freaking jacket on why are you gonna hang out in the hot (laughs) tub what is the thought process they did it on baywatch you can put a jacket on too oh my god (laughs) so is that like in your line of work the equivalent of like a chef making their own food on the line and then going and like eating it in the restaurant. <laughs> it happens all the time. Really? <laughs> Especially with the servers. Oh my God. That's funny. You know, we uh, are fortunate that we have this great cafeteria that everyone could enjoy their meals in. It's like a Bellagio buffet for, for oh. associates. It's really nice. But we'll still have those associates who just feel like they're above and beyond when it comes to the cafeteria food. They'll oh, just go it's too behind good for the line. Yeah. So they'll go behind the line and start making themselves something and then they'll go A server behind the line. They do it all the time. Shy. They just up. do. And like you no, know, you belong on the other side. And Whoa. it's one of those things I can't control because I have maybe about thirty eight associates that work under me. And I'm not there to constantly babysit them, but I'll see them. They'll walk behind there, make themselves a really nice like sandwich or burger and then walk off. And then so Usually the servers are really nice younger females. Well, they make friends with the cooks. Hey, yeah. Do you want to make me something? Yeah. So wow. it happens a lot. I'm sorry. I've been guilty of it. Have you not? No. Oh, oh no. That's not good. No, that, that's <laughs> like a big note. Like this go behind in, the line and cook. No, I would never go behind the line. But like through the window, like, hi, John. How no, that's are, totally different. How Getting are you today? One of the chefs <laughs> to make you food. I've asked permission to like, can I? Can I grab that thing right there? Can I just step into your space? Because I've worked with chefs who have been like, you don't touch our domain. Like, don't. You don't go behind the line. Yeah. We're trained. You're not. You're going to slip and fall and your face is going to be in a grill and you're going to (laughs) die. Are you wearing special shoes? No. Ow. You know, well, it happens a lot. And I hate to say it's usually the female servers who, of course, some of the male cooks into giving them Um. extra fries or whatever, you know. Oh, oops, I dropped this dessert. You can have this for free now. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. Can you imagine? Oh, this creme brulee isn't good. You want it? Poke a top. It happens all (laughs) the time. Oh, constantly. Constantly. I I will say I walk through our kitchen, like through our wait station, like quite a lot in my current job. And I'm so jealous when the cooks are just back there, like cooking up, like whatever they want. And chefs doing like whatever he wants for lunch or dinner and all of like the front of house managers. My chef does not let that happen. Get whatever they want. And then they like go hide in their office and like shut the door and eat their gorgeous gourmet lunch and i'm like man i had to get 30 percent off and like for a 25 dollar salad and like all i want is like a salami sandwich man yeah i'm sorry <laughs> my chef does not allow that but it's for a reason she's like there has to be a ticket for everything you don't get just to make your own food free from the materials that i buy I she's like you better ring it up that. and so everybody has to have a ticket if you have food yeah well you know <laughs> servers will ring up the ticket and then all of a sudden oh the guest didn't like the food anymore or the guest had walked off or oh. you know there's so many i hate to say it because i'm just throwing people Sneak- under the bus. no 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 it's true They're walk around there are walkarounds yeah and with the hotel industry guests do come down order something and they just walk away or they go check out and they never come back so it happens a lot and eventually the the staff members they know the tricks Mm. and then you know there's certain amount of what you could comp and void for the day and yeah you just um it happens 
and they take advantage of it. But, you know, if I see one of my fellow managers that I work with and I'm like, hey, you want some food? <laughs> right. Love it. So guilty of it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, hey, like, w- oh, these these hotel owners, they make so much money anyway. <laughs> I do remember though, because not at my current property as much, but at my last few, when we had like really large meeting space and there would be events, you would be sitting there crossing your fingers. There was extra plates, and there almost always was. And there'd be a ton of extra plates of like real good food. And we'd yeah. be like, we getting steak tonight. And that was always the best. Like, what um, what's it like a surf and turf? I remember yeah. once mm-hmm. that was good. One time I got to help with a plate up, and the chefs paid us to help with the plate up by nice. giving us one of the foods. And yes. it was fun. It, yes, that happens a lot. It's funny because like we have um, a lot of banquets, thousand people banquets, 500 people banquets, a thousand people all the time holy moly and so you always have to do about three percent more with that being said say a thousand you have to have at least 30 more right and so we had engineering we can't ever get a hold of engineering like something breaks (laughs) they take maybe a couple hours sometimes not until the next day to get something fixed but as soon as I call them on the radio, hey, we have extra plates downstairs. They're like right there. Or they already know. It's, it's like, where was your radio 20 minutes ago, bro? <laughs> so the next time you need something fixed, say, hey, um, we may have some extra food down here. Get them down here. Be like, oh, but before that, can you fix this? <laughs> Boom. And just you better work and, for that food. Cook and let something simple, like whatever you have extra. <laughs> yeah. I'll make you whatever you want but it's tied to how long it takes you to fix it. (laughs) If it takes you an hour, you might be getting the kids chicken nuggets and fries. If it takes you 10 minutes, you might be getting the skirt steak or whatever beef is on the menu. That's so funny. I I had to use food as a um, leverage to get things done. Oh, totally. Not ashamed of it at all. So did whipped cream woman at 545. (laughs) (laughs) And a side of Hershey's chocolate sauce. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, what about leftover booze? Where is a line drawn? Oh, man. I don't get my hands on leftover booze, but if I did, then I would take it. But like half a a bottle of wine left on a table. Would you take it and drink it? No, 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 no. no. But you know those little tiny bottles? Nips? uh, Those, you know, little two-shot Tito's yeah, or the little thing that's for like Nips. Barbie. Yeah. Nips. Airplane. Airplane, Airplane bottles. bottles. What are they called? Nips. Is that really what they're called? <laughs> or is it a nib? All of us are looking at you like you're crazy. I swear okay. this is a term. Don't look gonna... up NIPS. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to take you to the research department. Continue your story. Not my under po- nips. You're going to get a lot apology. of tits. I think it's a nib actually. Oh, oh my God. So, sorry. Anyways, about your mini Barbie bottles, nibs. So, no, it's nips. I was right. Really? Nips. Yeah. Okay. The research department just got back to me. (laughs) What is a nip of alcohol? A nip is a small amount of a strong alcoholic drink. Why is it called a nip of alcohol? Oh my God. It originated in Scotland. Oh, okay. As nips or shooters. The slang, boobies. the slang or the term nip originated from the low German term nipperkin. Not nipple. Okay, got it. A single shot <laughs> is sometimes called a nip. A 30 milliliter. Oh, yes. A typical spirit with 40% alcohol is roughly equivalent to one standard drink. Okay. I was right. So housekeeping, when they clean up the rooms, they would take those little tiny bottles, they'll throw them into uh, a bucket. And for some reason, they bring those buckets of little bottles of alcohol down to food and beverage, and we are to dispose of it. 
what yeah i don't know even why. if they're not used they're not used we are to dispose of it yeah in your because it left their possession yeah are you talking like okay is this like a mini fridge like vegas status and if they've removed it or are you saying like in vegas no they like just clear them all no like they bring into the hotel for use but they decide not to bring it home with them so any kind of alcohol for some reason they bring it back to food and beverage food and beverage has a way of disposing it so down the drain yeah what happens is my uh, no one else has a sink that's not how we disposed of it at my last property yeah go on so you know every property has their protocol so our director of food and beverage he takes the little bottles he throws them into separate bags and he calls them goodie bags for all the chefs when they leave home isn't that <laughs> a liability thing it is a oh, huge liability yes, yes. <laughs> but you know they do that but miss wow. b how yeah. did your old property dispose of them so glad you asked it was so fun so this was quite a few properties ago but these were you know guests leaving again alcohols in the room sometimes there were completely unopened bottles of wine mm-hmm. A lot of these things unopened, untouched, but he was very strict about every bit of alcohol got turned into him. So we would have everything from bottles of liquor to wine to beer bottles, all of this. And we would go to the dumpster in the back and we got to throw them in and watch them crash and explode. And it was amazing. So literally it would be him and I just talking, chucking bottles of alcohol in this trash can. Watch a pow, and like, oh, it was my just like favorite. getting your anger cathartic. out. Oh yeah. It was absolutely cathartic just to hear the glass breaking and see this booze going everywhere. And you're just like, <gasps> but I'm sorry, like. A nice, expensive bottle of wine you're just going to, like, throw and see it shatter? At this property, like, because technically you really don't know what it's been through, whether it's anything's been shot into it or resealed. The thing, no matter how expensive it was, no matter if it was untouched or not, it was not consumed and it was destroyed. This is coming from a person who eats half a pizza. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm not saying it's up to me. No, (laughs) no, no, but, like, super consistent, right? Right. (laughs) Again, not my rules, because then I worked at another property. We would be like dibs and everyone would be taking home different beers or bottles of wine that night. Yeah. So so there's there's a difference between policy following policy. Yes. Because the policy depending on who your manager is. Yeah, pretty much. For yeah, loss prevention. It becomes yeah. it becomes subjective at that point. But I mean the heart of it is, is that you never had possession of it, so you don't know the source. You don't know if it's been tampered with. So there's that aspect of liability. But then there's the liability oh, yeah. of, you know, saying, Liz, you can take these unopened bottles home, but instead of going home, you go to a park first, you hang out with your friends, you get drunk, you get in your car, you have a car accident accident when they say where did you get this oh i got this from my boss at work correct yes. <laughs> and now i'm on the hook for your, your stupidity yeah. i remember yeah. that abc training yeah yep. so okay take away not knowing where the alcohol came from say you work at like a private club like a country club if i have a specific member that i know pretty well i've known him for a couple years and they go ah liz i'm not gonna like finish this bottle of very nice cab take it home you best believe I'd be taking it in the back and be like, ooh, who wants them? Chef, Miss B, Bill, you want some? You want to split this? In a certain world, you'd have to have a red tag for that. Yep. Not a small town country club. It's literally all about who you work for and the rules, but also then if they're enforced or not. That is not my current job, by, <laughs> by the way. By you the still way. have liabilities, too. Yeah, I do. Not, <laughs> not anymore. We're, we're still alive and good, and True. none of us work there anymore. <laughs> True that. So off of loss and found alcohol. <laughs> Chef, I've got a question for you. What is the hardest dish you've learned to cook? Ooh, I like that. I love the food questions. I know. I thought, or like I thought hardest you were dish to recreate, maybe? 
or just the most unique, whether it's it's cultural and outside your current depth and breadth like what or dish has given skill you the wise most or difficulty or like have you seen the ingredients that go into it and just say hell no oh man um a beef wellington it's very classic dish that you would see i mean it's making a huge comeback right now you see it in a lot of these restaurants but it's a very uh, classic dish that is learned through uh, culinary school but when you go into restaurants, you're expected to know how to make a beef Wellington. Miss B, huh. do you know what a beef Wellington is? I'm going to guess there's beef. <laughs> yes, there's beef. <laughs> and it's fancy. It is. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. So, Chef, do you want to give a brief background on beef <laughs> sure. Wellington? Sure. So you're taking a, a filet of tenderloin, you know, okay. filet mignon, and it comes in this long loin that looks like a schlong. <laughs> <laughs> And then you make a um, kind of like a mushroom t- type of pate called a duxel. And then on top of it, you are wrapping a puff pastry around it and then you bake it. So you're putting this raw piece of beef with, with you know, mushroom type of uh, sauce that's going around it. Uh-huh. And then you're putting puff pastry around it. You're putting it blindly into an oven. And you pray. And, it, and yeah, you pray. Pretty much to make sure it's coming out medium rare and that there's no blood bleeding all over a piece of a um, puff pastry. That's so weird. Oh, it's a delicious it's dish. It's delicious. I've seen people cry because they mess it up so many times, you know. Aww. So that's the most one, the most complicated, but also gnocchi. Really? Gnocchi was very hard for me because mm. there Gross. is a lot of... <laughs> Love gnocchi. You don't like, you don't gnocchi? like? Just, I'm sorry. It tastes like squishy boogers. Like, I, I'm a pasta girl, and that is not pasta. Okay, this is a great clarifying question. Is gnocchi pasta? No. But or is you. it a potato? It's a potato pasta. <laughs> 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 but yours is probably squishy because it's they not, didn't not good. They didn't cook the potato correctly huh. and they didn't put it through a ricer. Huh. You really need to order gnocchi at like an established, like very nice Italian restaurant. You're not going to order it at a chain Italian restaurant. I, I mean, still, maybe I still didn't. But I've tried it a couple times thinking, oh, maybe it's just the place. And it's still just I don't like the consistency. Or maybe you just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow up on the gnocchi question. What about risotto? I love risotto. I like was that, that something easy for you to pick up? For me, it was easy, but I could see why people mess it up. It, you know, you have to sit there and constantly watch it and stir the rice and put the broth. And then it's a, that wasn't hard for me, but I've, you know, gnocchi was actually really hard for me. And I practiced so many uh, times just really getting into making gnocchi i had to really set myself up with putting a theme around it like i i turned on the godfather and i had a glass of chianti you know bought all the best ingredients in the world you got in the mood i had to get in the mood so for me when you're making a dish you're really trying to make love to it (laughs) i was about to to say damn you're role playing yeah you really and (laughs) you put put love and passion into stuff you put on a plate yeah so you kind of have to you know um that was really hard but once you make love to that plate it really turns out really (laughs) delicious (laughs) i get what you're saying chef i understand it i'm picturing this in this gnocchi now i'm like okay Maybe I'll, I'll give it a second try sometime. <laughs> happens, with some Godfather. Happens for me with my meals delivered by my UPS van. Oh my like, gosh, she's so on this right now. It's so funny. All right, sorry. All right, well, this has been fun, guys. I don't know about you, but I'm about ready to go home and make some gnocchi. So, Phil, <laughs> 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 Phil, take it home. Yeah. Gnocchi and lost and found alcohol. 
awesome place to stop. Ladies, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you for having us. For those that are listening, please feel free to reach out to us at talesfromtheserviceindustry at gmail.com. If you have questions, if you have stories to share, et cetera, et cetera, we are here to hear your stories. Don't forget to follow us. Yep. <laughs> and if you want to follow us, TikTok is a great place to do it. YouTube is a great place to do it. Uh, you can find us under Tales from the Service Industry or TFTSI on TikTok. It's always easier to just search. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks. Bye. AvenuePodcast.net.